It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah Health. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight, 134 to 124 to the Portland Trailblazers. We'll get you some postgame sound coming up. But man, what a performance from Damian Lillard. The uh, Weber State product had 60 tonight on 21 of 29, shooting 9 of 15 from three at eight assists, seven rebounds. And uh, man, we witnessed a great one tonight, coach. We really did. I mean, I. I remember growing up, you know, just through the years, you see, you kind of catch one of these great performances. For me, it was, you know, a lot of Jordan, a lot of Bird, Magic. Uh, but tonight, Damian put on put on one of those shows. Uh, you know, it was really the ease with which he scored. We talked about it. Didn't have to go to the line a ton. Made a lot of shots, and, and that's the way you do it. Make a lot of shots, and he was great. And it's hard to contain, hard to contain from distance. And if you give too much there, you know, he's getting to the rim. Facing doubles all night, still went 21 of 29. That's incredible. And 9 of 15 from 3. He's just uh, he's special, and he absolutely had it going tonight. The Jazz had no answer whatsoever. The Jazz got 24 tonight from Lowry Markinen on 7 of 16 shooting. Colin Sexton had 19 coming in off the bench. The Jazz had 7 double players and uh, 7 players in double figures. Clarkson had 18, Beasley with 10. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker with 12 off the bench, Rudy Gay with 11, Jared Vanderbilt uh, with 12. But I'll tell you what, not enough when Damian's got it going like he did. The the Blazers as a team shot 57% from the field. Uh, not only did Dame have 60, uh, Jeremy Grant had 19, um, Anthony Simons had 16, and the Blazers just uh, were lights out tonight. Yeah, and we knew, we talked about it, uh, both teams struggling defensively overall. Um, didn't feel like you know Walker had as uh, a big a presence on the game, but when he was out, you definitely saw them go to the rim. Let's go back to Portland and hear from Coach Hardy. Coach and, and does a very good job getting his team to play really hard every night. Um, you know, what started out as a very focused, detailed um, game for us, kind of fell apart in the second quarter from a defensive standpoint. Some of that is mental errors. Some of that is they went 11 for 14 from three in that quarter, which is outstanding. Um, and then I think coming out of halftime again, we just didn't quite have the 
the necessary focus defensively um, to get enough stops in this game. Um, we did not do a good enough job with our pickup points on Lillard. And then, you know, we were almost double teaming in the entire game and he found a way to go away from the double split the double so I just don't think we were very detailed in our execution of the double teams um, and he's a hell of a player you know that's what makes Damian Lillard Damian Lillard is that it's easier said than done so um, we've got to just get back home get to practice and um, you know continue to focus on the little things uh, and not letting Scoring bursts by the other team take us out of our mindset in the game. Um, Got to just continue to find ways to stay focused through those tough moments. And I think for the most part this season, we've done that. And I have no doubt that our team will bounce back. Kind of stated the obvious, but what could you guys have done on differently on Lillard? And you know, what could you guys have done differently defensively, just kind of on a macro level from the second quarter on? I mean, I guess in theory we could have sent three people after him. Not sure that would have worked either. But, um, you know, we just did not do a good job. We're sending a double team, and the person on the ball has to make sure the ball goes towards the double team first and foremost. Um, and he got he got out of the double off the dribble way too much tonight. Um, you know, a couple times we just weren't locked in on our pickup points. Um you know, early in the game when we were playing drop, can do a little bit better job on the ball. I think he hit a couple tough ones, but, you know, we also just got screened a little bit too easily in those moments. So, you know, obviously that's why we started switching and doubling, um, which is interesting because I feel like he scored more points once we started doing that than, than the first way. So, um, you know, we'll have to go back and look as a staff, like, is that the right adjustment to make? He makes three threes off the dribble and pick and roll and switching and doubling seems like it's going to take that away and in some ways it, it may have opened up a lot of other things so um, he's a tough player to double team because he, he doesn't just give in to it and he gets really low with his dribble um, we saw that with Kyrie in Brooklyn and um, obviously we did not have very good carryover in those double teams on a macro level um, I thought especially in the second half on made baskets we just were not urgent getting back and we had a period of time there where we scored three, four times in a row, and it seemed like they got dunks um, after those possessions, just getting down the floor faster. We weren't getting matched up. We weren't communicating and didn't protect the basket. So, again, it's it's just maintaining the focus. There, there is going to be a tough moment in every game. Um, you're you're going to have a moment where the other team goes on a run, especially when you're on the road, and you have to go into the game expecting that. And that way, when it happens, you're not shocked. And you're able to, to keep your focus on what's important, uh, on trying to make an adjustment and, and moving to the next thing. Um, I feel like as a group tonight, we just did, did a little bit too much of worrying about what had already happened um, and didn't have enough focus on, on moving forward in the game. You know, 10, 12, 15-point leads in this league is nothing anymore. Um, with the pace of play and the amount of threes that shot, that can evaporate very, very quickly. And, you know, I thought with like 16 minutes left in the game, we had a, a feeling that, that the game was already lost. And, um, you know, that's something that as a staff, we've got to do a better job of, of keeping them locked in. And the guys have to also be able to, to let things go at times in a game. And that's that's easier for me to say than for them to do. You know, the players always feel the game emotionally way differently than the coaches do.
Um, they're the ones in the middle of the battle, and they're the ones kind of front and center. Um, you know, they're the ones having to guard Damian Lillard and, and execute those things. So um, they always feel the game differently than the coaches do. So um, it's just about trying to help them maintain focus on what's important. Did you feel on, on some level that you guys were just discombobulated, especially in that second half? You know, I think, you know, one of the examples you use is the, the ATO, which was botched, which lets you call them another timeout. So, you know, was it, was it one of those things where, where you thought that that was, was the case? Yeah, I mean, I'll say it again, like staying focused on what's important and staying in the moment, staying present, staying focused on the next thing. Um, timing and things on ATOs can be messed up, but not going to the right spot to me is just like we're just not focused on what's going on. We're spending the time out worried about what just happened or whose fault was that last play. It doesn't matter. We're a team and it doesn't matter who made the mistake. It doesn't matter if um, you know the, the error was by the players or the coaches or whatever. Like who who cares? Um, you know, we, we have a mantra with our group, no keeping score. I hate that. I know you know, on this one it was you and on that one it was me. like that's just annoying. Um, the season's too long to do that to each other. We're a team, and we're all going to make mistakes, and that's okay. That's to be expected. But we have to maintain that mindset of moving forward as a team in the game. And um, I think you know that was an example of it. I also think that there were plenty of those possessions after we scored, just not getting back urgently, not matching up, not communicating, where our minds are somewhere else. Um, and I think if you're able to stay locked in through those moments, you can make a run and turn the momentum of the game. You know, we were, it seems like we got it back to down like seven or nine, and you're right there. Like you're two stops away from all of a sudden the game being really close. And um, I just don't think we had the necessary focus as a group. I found this on the web. Thanks, Siri. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, that was kind of an odd way to to wrap that one up. I was looking at my phone. I panicked. I thought it was like, was that one of us? You know what? Uh, Coach Hardy will often point out distractions in his media availability. Don't open the door. Don't let Siri go off. Remember Tony Jones had that computer issue. (laughs) Alert, alert. My computer is. Seems to happen frequently. Uh, but uh, I thought Coach Hardy had a funny line in there about what to do differently on Damian uh, Lillard. Well, we could have sent three guys after him in theory. You know, they did. They doubled him all night. Didn't matter. And so what was, you know, I think what's hard from a coaching perspective is you only have so many options. Um, and he committed two guys to him. And, you know, it really was when you double team, you're obviously sending two. So you need to take angles that they can't get around. And much like football you know i gotta protect the edge and he kept getting around the edge uh and it really then you're out of position right you're out of position when they did switch they ended up with some tough things so it'll be a a learning moment but it's definitely a hard cover for a rookie big um when dame's feeling it like that because the whole world's at his disposal he's playing at his pace and as david said he's in a different time in a different space in a different Zone? Dimension. Zone, yeah, it's zone. Dimension, I like, though. That was from, yeah. <laughs> zone. All right. Uh, the Jazz fall tonight to the uh, Portland Trailblazers, 134 to 124. With that, we'll say goodnight to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Saturday night. 
From Vivint Arena, Luca and the Dallas Mavericks will be in town. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have more post-game sound for you coming up right around the corner. It's Utah Jazz post-game. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe, brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru in the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share. Mark Miller Subaru.com. Jazz fall tonight, 134 to 124 to the Portland Trailblazers. What a night tonight from Damian Lillard. 60. That's right, 60 on 21 of 29, shooting 9 of 15 from 3, 9 of 10 at the line, 8 assists. Seven rebounds, and the Jazz had absolutely no answer at one point, scoring 20 in a row. And David said it, like the the amount of games this year where guys have just absolutely gone berserk, and that was this was one of them. I mean, to do what he did on uh, on the number of shots for him to get 60 and, and not live at the line, that's another thing I respect. Like, he made a ton of shots. He just had it – he definitely had it going, and he was in a rhythm. Uh, great scores get in a rhythm. You know, you fight like crazy to make them uncomfortable. We get in a rhythm. And like Coach Hardy said, they kind of threw different things at him, but he, he was just feeling it. The third 60-point performance against the Jazz, I believe. The Iceman, George Gervin. Uh, Kobe Bryant in his final game. And uh, now Dame Dalla. So three really good scores. My goodness gracious. Uh, Gervin was his... His was his craft around the rim. You know, he was like Kyrie. He could release it and spin it and put it off the glass. Um, and obviously, Kobe was, you know, he was the thing of legends. Uh, Dame put a, put a, he put together a phenomenal game, and it, it's frustrating. I know that's why Coach Hardy was frustrated. David asked the question, but uh, it's it's not great when a guy that you know can really hurt you really hurts you. Man, really hurt you. We saw that that Embiid performance this year. We saw Kyrie Irving the other night. I mean, we are seeing some. But, you know, the Jazz are vulnerable to some of those performances, I suppose. But it feels like some of those have been much more common in the NBA, certainly lately. I mean, we saw Lowry have the big night not that long ago. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell had the, the huge night for Cleveland. It seems like we're seeing this a little bit more frequently. I don't know if that's a comment to the rules or – you know, to the the level of defense being played, or or what the case is, but seems like we're seeing a lot of these special scoring performances. The game's definitely freed up with that. Uh, I really do believe that uh, transition foul was was definitely gumming up the game more than we even realized. You know, because teams you can't just hide behind it. Um, you can't use all those mulligans early in a game not to get back. Um, you've got to get back, and if you don't get back, they score, uh, and it kind of gets the game moving. This game kind of had a little bit of a sticky feeling for about a quarter, and and I thought the Jazz did a decent job of chasing Dame around, but it was the second quarter, like Coach said, that everything kind of broke loose. 
Yeah, and when it rains, it pours. And they poured. But both, you know, the crazy part, the Jazz were really good offensively, too. I mean, their offensive rating is a 125. Portland was just a 134. And they had a guy get 60. So offensive, big-time offensive night, and defense was an afterthought. They're both sides of the ball. Right. Seven Jazz players in double figures talking about the offense led by Lowry Markinen, who had 24. Mike Conley had 10 assists tonight. Uh, to go along with his eight points. Uh, let's get to this, because I think this was relevant tonight. The Master of the Glass, brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass, proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program at the end of the regular season. Safe Flight will donate $5 uh, to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Uh, coach, tonight's Master of the Glass for the Jazz was, wow, it was Malik Beasley. His first master of the glass coach, six rebounds. That was the Jazz leading rebounder tonight. Six for Malik Beasley. And the Jazz were beat on the boards 41-35. to 35. I guess there just weren't a ton of missed shots. But I don't know if we've ever had a master of the glass that low. I've never seen it. No, we've had, we've had nine. We've had, not, we've had single digits yeah, plenty of times. Six. But not six. Not to win it, yeah. And job, Bees. Walker Kessler had five boards tonight as he seemed... As unimpactful as he's seemed in a while, maybe since uh, the Brooklyn game, he was, he kind of had a game like that. But for the most part, it's been, you know, singing Walker's praises and how he's changing games. Tonight, he's just almost felt like he wasn't there. Only played 20 minutes. Uh, Lowry Markinen, who's been rebounding the heck out of the ball recently, he had four boards tonight. Vanderbilt only had five in 25 minutes. So, uh, again, you know, Portland didn't miss many, but uh, the Jazz... Didn't get a ton of boards, and and I do believe that Kessler, like he was facing a di- difficult one tonight with uh, with Nurkic being as big and strong and physical and skilled, so he he's got all of that. Uh, so you're getting knocked around, and then at the same time, your ball screen assignments tonight with these shooters and ball handlers, Simons and uh, and Lillard, particularly, man, you got to be on it all the way through, and I just thought he was thinking a lot. I mean, this was a thinking game, uh, probably a little while, bit while Will was frustrated because they put a lot into it, but um, the Jazz just they just didn't have a, a great rim protection, um, and again, Damian just, he was unconscious. Drew, don't call me Kevin Eubanks, was ever, the, ever. Uh, the leading rebounder for the game with 10, so... Uh, this just this game was not about rebounds. No, no. <laughs> the Jazz, however, did have 32 assists tonight on 47 made field goals, which usually is a really good number for them. Uh, the Blazers had 26 on 51 made field goals. And I remember, you know, it was early, but you know, we talked. I think it was Bowler talking early in the game. The team that kind of is able to get any kind of uh, you know defensive presence, but it really didn't even come down to that. It was just. The Portland had it had, was able to make more shots tonight, um, put themselves in a, in a different position that way. Lillard was off the chart. Uh, the country, you know, I thought Grant quietly had a very nice night. Was out in front of the break a lot, got some dunks. Um, but that's the Portland team. You know, they got to play with that kind of enthusiasm, that kind of energy if they want to kind of get back in 
the middle of this playoff situation. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz lose tonight in Portland to the Blazers, 134 to 124. We'll have some player sound for you coming up next. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my! Jazz postgame. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall tonight to the Blazers in Portland, 134-124 to postgame. Brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at Mark millersubaru.com um coach hardy said something uh, that was interesting said the the team got uh, caught up in their own mistakes maybe played the blame game a little bit coach and obviously we're not there and uh you know hearing the specifics of what coach hardy has talked about but have you seen stuff like that in the locker room before where players maybe uh are on on the short end of one losing one and get caught up a little bit on on what mistakes are made yeah, in the heat of the moment, for sure. And I think that, you know, he's talking about a culture where it doesn't matter. It's us. You know, we messed it up. Um, I think there's a time and a place for every individual accountability. But in the middle of the game, you can't hang your head. Uh, you make a mistake. And, you know, I think that's one nice thing about Coach Hardy. He doesn't seem to really harp on guys' mistakes. If if guys make the same, same mistake over and over, like, you know, the point of a ball screen the other night with Kessler um, – I get that, but he lets them play through mistakes, and I think they just can't get down on themselves or them, their teammates and compound it. You know, It's hard enough to win on the road. Well, especially now at this point in the season where you know this is, this is the stretch that's the toughest stretch. You and I have been doing this show for several years now. I've, I've covered many NBA seasons. This, this point to the All-Star break is when things get tense, Guys get tired. The All Star break or the All Star break. The trade deadline is two weeks from tomorrow, I want to say, and then the All Star break is on the heels there, and that's much more of kind of a vacation than it used to be since they lengthened it out, which I'm sure is a bigger light at the end of the tunnel. Which, by the way, I think is a, is a really good thing that they changed that. But this stretch here, these last you know ten or so ball games before you get to the All Star break and before the trade deadline are just. It's got to be really hard. It's got to be really hard no matter what team you're playing for. And and Coach actually, Coach Hardy talked about it. Um, it. It's similar in college basketball around the holidays, you know, before you let your guys go for Christmas. Um, there's that whole thing, you know. It's when you're getting close to PTO, you can see the barn. I mean, it doesn't – it totally crosses over. Uh, but it's, it, it's a thing right now that the Jazz actually, if they can be really kind of pulled together – because there's teams that will splinter, and there are teams that are worried about trades, and there are teams that are worried about whether they're going to get picked to the All-Star game or not. If the team can just focus. And in college, we used to like to schedule big teams around the holidays because we knew their minds would be other places. And we, if we were strong and we were together, we could actually that would actually be a, a step in the right direction. So a little scheduling, uh, am, undercover scheduling stuff. There. Am I remembering that Rick, Majerus did the opposite, and they played. Oh yeah, like Cardinal Stretch and teams like that. Right, yeah. I didn't want to be too mean to somebody, but didn't didn't he notoriously in those holidays schedule 
teams that uh, wouldn't require a ton of focus. That and and they would be buddies, you know, because uh, he's doing because somebody a gets payday. Yeah. So anyway, it, it was totally different philosophies, but we found. You know, like Coach said, if you can be good in this little stretch, I think you you found a little nugget there. Prior to the All Star game, you can make some move, you can make some headway here as a team if you can stay. Together. Pick up some wins, yeah. You know, but they you know a few nights ago they ran into a really motivated Nets team. They really wanted that win. I felt like tonight, and maybe this is an easy take to have after Damian had sixty, but it felt like he wanted this one. You know, whatever it is, Portland needs to pick up some games. They need to pick up some games to get back in the playoff picture. You know, there's talk about our, is Portland going to be a buyer at the deadline or are they going to be a seller? You know, there's no sense in them buying at the deadline and trying to, to keep it afloat if they're so far out. I, it felt to me like the Jazz ran into a really motivated team tonight and specifically a really motivated player, whereas the game against the Hornets the other night, I mean, it felt like Charlotte lacked all of the motivation. You know, it's kind of funny on a night-in, night-out basis. But much like the Nets game, it felt like the Blazers wanted this one. Yeah, it was – Lillard did have that, and particularly when he made a couple shots. He definitely got a little bounce in his step. Um, They have to be tired of hearing people say they're bad, too. You know, what's wrong with the Blazers? Uh, We we led the show with it. So everybody's talking about it. And I even suggested maybe they ought to trade him. Well, I don't think you're the only one, though. I mean, I think that... I mean, I was thrown out there, but I guess he answered that, didn't he? Well, I mean, you know, is he good enough with this cast of characters to be a contending team? And I'd I'd certainly... This game, and this was a special performance, but I don't know if my opinion's changed on that. Well, if he gets 60 every night. (laughs) He can go out there and average 60, absolutely. Hey, and and if you run every double team in the world at him and it doesn't really matter, then... Well, Portland's going places, but it'd be really tough to duplicate that performance again if if you're just jumping in your car or something. Damian uh, tonight, not only did he get 60, but he was 21 of 29. It's not like it was even a selfish 60. You know what I mean? I think Kobe, when he got 60 against the Jazz, didn't he take 49 shots that night? I want to say I'll have to go back and double check, but it was something It was a lot. Yeah, Yeah. I remember that was the everybody want to talk about. It was something crazy. I mean, 21 of 29, that's... That's having it going. I mean, you're not even sucking up all the possessions at that point. Uh, what a performance from him. And, yeah, they, they ran double teams at him all night. Will Hardy was even snarky about it in his postgame comments. You know, they could have, in theory, run tr- a, a third guy at him, uh, but uh, it didn't seem to matter. And he had eight assists on top of it, too. So when they did double him and he couldn't get through, he found the open guy. He missed one shot inside the three-point line. It was a little runner on the left side. And then... He missed three or three shots that were logo, you know, out at the logo, um, and then he missed two or three more about a step off the three point line. But those were his misses for the night. He made you know threes from all over the place, um, and those deep ones. The one you said, you know, I was looking at numbers and you're like, "There's a logo shot," <laughs> uh, so I was able to flip around and see this replay. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those nights like, hey. I remember, Jake, when we were together when Lillard got 60. I mean, that's what's cool about watching the NBA. And it's not always your team. Sometimes it's the other guy. But uh, we kind of claim Damien around here, too. So I think we can be Absolutely happy Absolutely we do. Speaking of Majerus, I, just, uh, I would love to know what his reaction would be to a player early in the shot clock picking up their dribble from the logo on the floor. And and letting it rip. Letting it rip. An old school guy like Big Rick. Or an old school guy like uh, like Jerry, you know, you wonder 
how their what their reaction would be to the evolution of the game. Yeah, absolutely. He, I, I guarantee, he likes his way. I, I did learn that he likes his way. All right, let's uh, get back to Portland. Time to get a little player silence here from Malik Beasley. Let's start with the good start. You guys put up some 31 points in the first quarter, and everything was clicking, especially the three-point shot. Yeah. I mean, uh, we came out strong. Uh, we knew how important this game was, uh, especially for the standings. Um, and we kind of let off the glass. And uh, I think we were up like like 15 at one point, and, and we just let up. We stopped, we stopped making shots, and then we let that dictate our, our uh, defense. You know, if you could look at it this way, you threw everything at Damian Lillard, but it's like a Steph Curry depth that he has, and he took advantage of some long shots and got on a roll. I mean, definitely, you can't let a player like that get going because if you sit back, he's going to hit the threes, and as soon as you start hitting threes, he's going to drop to the hole. So, uh, you know, kudos to him, but he did a great job tonight. But, you know, we got to be better as a team, locking in on details. Did you sense he knew he was on one of those streaks? You've been down that road before, too. Uh, yeah, I mean, after the second three in a row, and then he had another one and another one, I just knew it was going to be a long night. I was in the first half, and then he did it again in the second half. So uh, just, I mean, you got to do something to throw him off, either you know, a hard foul or, you know, trap. You do whatever you can to get it out of his hands and make the other team players uh, beat us. Can you bring anything positive in this game? Because you went 52% from the floor. You hit 23s. You went 30-plus assists. A lot of good things happened. Uh, I would say we started fast. And then, uh, you know, we always that's one of our main identities is to start fast. And, um, you know, we got to continue that uh, positive-wise. Um, uh, it's just a tough night, honestly. Yeah. It's a tough night. Um, the guys that came off the bench did their job. I would say that was a great job, you know. Um, and we just got to continue to keep, get better. One final thing, you get five at home. And you start off with Doncic and the Mavericks. Never easy, but at least you get five straight at Vivint. Oh, yeah. That's going to be huge for us. Get some wins. Um, I think if we at least get four out of five, we, we'll be in a great spot, you know, making it realistic. Um, five out of five is perfect. But, you know, four out of five, and we're in a great spot, probably fifth place by then. All right. Malik, thanks so much. Thank you. Malik Beasley, I uh, like what he said there about Damian Lillard. Uh, hey, you got to give him all the credit in the world for having a great game, but they got to be more locked in and more focused. And I like that. You know, give the guy his due, but, you know, it's your job to stop him from getting 60. And David asked us the question, you know, that Will was particularly frustrated at times. Um, the coaches put a lot of time and, and effort and energy in trying to do just that and trying to put their guys in the best position to go against the best players in the world. And, you know, they spend a lot of time putting a plan together. And when, you know, Lillard beats the plan uh, time and time again because guys aren't necessarily following the detail of it, it gets a little aggravating. So, um, I, I like always, I believe he uses it in a great way in his teaching moment. He doesn't dwell on it. He didn't come into the press conference upset. Uh, he's got a great ability to kind of channel that emotion. But something the guys will be able to continue to look at, film, and you know, see where they could have done a better job of not letting that game get away. Yeah, we kind of wondered what uh, Will Hardy's demeanor was going to be in the postgame. Jamil came in, uh, and we were chatting about it during the broadcast. And uh, it, I thought it was a pretty measured response uh, from him. Didn't seem too grouchy about it. Maybe this is one of those you got to chalk up to a great performance and put away those maddening 
you know, it had to be manding for a coach. Maybe you've got to compartmentalize that a little bit and move on to the next one. You certainly do, but I'm telling you, it's way easier to sit here and say that than, I'm sure. than to do it. So, I, honestly, I do believe he has a real, you know, whatever his program or plan or um, to be able to keep everything in, in a really big picture, long play view. He's He's got a a huge opportunity as a new coach, but he, they've given him some time, and, and I think everybody's under the impression that, hey, you don't got to win championship this year. That's not going to be required. Um, so he's got a little bit of runway, but you want to see things continue to progress, and you're going to have some fallback, and tonight a little bit of that. you know. But um, overall, you just tip your cap to one of the great players in the history of the game, and um, you know, it, it, I, I like him. I just like the guy a lot. How could you not? All right, postgame is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz fall tonight at the Blazers, 134 to 124. We'll have more for you. Coming up next, you're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Wow! The outcome is in the books. Get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim LaCoe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight to the Blazers. 134 to 124, 60 points tonight from Damian Lillard, of course, is the huge story. Let's get to the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A, earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A One app. Tonight from the line, the Jazz were only 10 of 15, only went to the lines 15 times. Larry Markinen led the way. He was 7 of 8. The Blazers, 15 of 18. Uh, 9 of 10 from Lillard uh, from the line to lead the way for the Blazers. But again, uh, Damian became the first player in NBA history to have 60 points on 10 or fewer foul attempt, foul shot attempts and uh, 30 or fewer field goal attempts. So 21 of 29 and 9 of 10 from the line. So uh, an unbelievably efficient game. One of the best performances, I think, Coach, we've seen against the Utah Jazz. And just this year, we've seen some good ones. And of course, over the years, but... Man, tonight he was something. I love to see that, you know, the, the 60 points, but eight assists um, and only four turnovers. So, again, there, there's guys like this, they do. They It's almost like they get into the bonus round and they're playing. Everything's, you know, slow. They're able to make decisions and pretty much anything they do works when they get in that zone. So it, it was special to watch. And uh, obviously the Jazz helped it. You know, they didn't execute the game plan um, but once you kind of, it's like a, a stone rolling down a hill, man. Once you, he, that, that ball goes through the hoop a couple times and he sees it. Oh man. Thing looks like it's a chasm, like a canyon. He's throwing a little rock into. Well, I, we've talked about it a couple of times when he pulled up from the logo and nothing but net and all the confidence in the world. I mean, it's, it, it's amazing what, what guys like he and obviously Steph Curry, have brought that the weapon of shooting the ball off the bounce at uh, into this league. It just, uh, I mean, how do you stop that? And early in the clock, right? It was always such a. You grew up playing the game. It was a cardinal sin. You had to come down. Everybody had to get set, and then okay, now we're gonna go. But you know, it's just that transition. Everybody found out that 
that's where teams get all mixed up and you get cross matches and it's just a great opportunity to attack. And if teams, you have a weapon like that and they're not picking you up at the right pickup point, let it rip. Well, I mean, is there a right pickup point with a guy like well, Damien? Mean, once know, he gets out of his just... car, right there about the valet. <laughs> it's, so, it's just so crazy. But you know what it is? Is It's so fun to watch. I mean, you know, I, I as much as I love the rough and tumble 90s, and I think a lot of fans around here loved, the, you know, the, the Stockton and Malone, and it was a really hard-nosed brand of basketball, and the league was hard-nosed, and... Um, this is so fun to watch. And it may be a little bit of a softer league, or I, I don't know, but it's it's incredible to watch these performances and what these guys are able to do. It's crazy when you go back. I mean, go back and watch a, a rebroadcast of a game from you know the eras gone by, 70s, 80s, 90s, and, and you see, like it's interesting to see in the 70s, you've got a bunch of guys who have never, ever lifted a weight in their life. They look like Stretch Armstrong. Long, skinny arms, long, skinny legs, tight uniform. Um, and you can kind of tell the game is starting to get a, you know, there, there's a presence to it. The 80s, you start seeing individuals, guys start getting bigger. The skill level picks up major. And then you're right, the 90s, like, slam on the brakes. That's We're, we're going to body check everybody going through the paint. Um, I, I think we got the game in a pretty good place. You know, I think... You fast forward to where we are. There's a lot of freedom of movement. Um, you know, they, there is contact, but we figured out a way like going straight vertical, jumping in the air. That's a nice way to have not have to call a foul every single time something happens at the rim. So, yeah, I, there's always some improvements you can make. But um, tonight, you know, just shows you how far the game has come. All those elements kind of in one thing and Damian doing what he did. Well, we I hear you talking about it, Lockhart talking about it. I mean, the spacing has changed things a little bit too, right? Where the paint is not nearly as crowded and so fouls are a little bit more obvious maybe. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but it seems like with without so many bodies in the paint, guys like Damian Lillard, if they beat, they turn the corner on the double team, which he did so so much tonight, there's nothing that you're doing. You're giving up a layup. I mean, there's nothing back there. They're not running into a crowd of guys because if you do, you know, we saw it with Terrence Mann in the playoffs and Rudy, right? Or we saw it with Rudy over and over again where Rudy will will defend two guys at once and can't go back out into the corner. I mean, you're going to pay the price. The spacing, the the, the league, I guess, long-winded saying is uh, is just so skilled. The guy's going to make shots if they're open. And that's the evolution of what had to happen because, seriously, you go back and watch Stockton Malone years. I remember when the Jazz wouldn't share the ball great, Jerry'd constantly go to flex. You know, they would get in their spots, and, and Flex is just a continuous motion of down screens and cross screens. And, and he would get the guys into it until he felt like everybody touched it, and okay, now you can go play again. But it was, you, if you watch the game, it was his way to kind of bring the guys together in a tough moment. Um, but the game was played in, in a square of about 15 feet. You know, nobody really went too far out and ventured out too far in the corners. Everything was played really tight, just in and around the lane. What this has done, like you said, spread it out. Guys get a ball screen. You really have to make decisions because you're on islands. You know, you've got you've got guys you're trying to guard that are well spaced, and uh, that's where the fun begins. We talk about the blender, but the first guy has to step up and commit. Next guy behind him, and then you're just trying to beat the defense one extra pass for an open shot. You know, and not to have this be the theme of the night, but Portland should be better. Agreed. I mean, Agreed. It, it's it's defense, right? They they just you can't 
truly win-win in this league without having a, at least a decent defense. I'm I'm guessing because you hey Jeremy Grant is a player. You and I both like Jeremy Grant. Uh, you know Denver's in first place in the West, so you could argue that they haven't made many mistakes. But letting him go a few years ago it seemed like a mistake to me. And he's really good for Portland. Uh, I love Anthony Simons. He's got great game. You know, I don't know what to think about Nurkic anymore. I don't know if he's a good fit for this club or not, obviously. But, man, it feels like they should be at least a solid playoff team in the West. Defense, as I look at it, obviously they they give up 124 tonight and win. Uh, but defense, number one, biggest question. And then their depth. You know, you look beyond that starting five, and, you know, the guy with the most, probably the most, any kind of experience, really, Gary Payton. Uh, the mm. mitten, if you will, the gloves, the son, Gary Payton, the second. I call him the mitten. I like, I like that. Him. Yeah, You're always good for a nickname. The mitten. The mitten. So depth, maybe depth and defense. Depth and defense. Yeah, that's their issue right now. And but hey, like I said, if Damian can get sixty every night, all bets are off. All right, your final score tonight: the Jazz fall to the Blazers, one thirty-four to one twenty-four. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. My Subaru Is dot com. We'll wrap things up coming up next. Stay tuned. You are listening to Utah Jazz basketball. Final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Are we at any historic level of three points here? That's what I'm looking up here. Halen Horton Tucker drives the lane, takes the right hand, packs it, and he's fouled. You can take your threes, but I'm jamming a right-hander right down the top. Yeah, get a three-point play the old-fashioned way. Whoever they thought fouled him, I didn't see the contact. Who did they give that to? There's your play of the game right there. Our guys, Locke and Booner. It's brought to you by Larry Schmiller Dealerships for service sales and selection. LHMauto.com driven by you. Jazz post game, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jazz fall tonight to the Blazers, 134 to 124. Damian Lillard, 60 points. On 21 of 29, shooting 9 of 15 from 3, 8 assists, 7 rebounds. That absolutely was the story of the game at one point, scoring 20 consecutive points as he was just amazing. The Blazers got 19 from Jeremy Grant, 16 from Anthony Simons, and a 10 from Yusuf Nurkic. As for the Jazz, they actually had seven players in double figures and shot 52% from the field. Uh, they actually made 20 free th- uh, three-pointers, 20 of 41, 48.8%, and still lost. Uh, they were led by Lowry Markinen's 24 points on 7 of 16 shooting. It was 3 of 6 from 3. Clarkson with 18 tonight. Um, Colin Sexton had 19 coming in off the bench. He was 8 of 11 shooting 3 of 3 uh, from 3. Vanderbilt uh, had 12 to go along with 5 boards. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker had 12 uh, as well. Uh, as Mike Conley also had eight points uh, and ten assists uh, in this one for Mike. But to no avail, uh, avail Damian Lillard uh, torches the Jazz tonight, and they lose 
by 10. It's funny reading those offensive statistics, Coach, because you look at you combine that with the, the 32 assists from the Jazz, only 13 turnovers from the Jazz, and you would think, man, they thumped somebody tonight. Not the case. Yeah, it's um... – you know, tonight was an offensive explosion, really, by both teams. Uh, that happens. You know, guys uh, start finding, and I swear to you, shot making is so contagious. And if you're not making shots, it's that much harder to make them. But 17 makes for Portland uh, from three, 20 from the Jazz, so plenty of shots going in. Um, neither defense really got a, any kind of hold on the other. It was more shots went in or didn't go in, it felt like. And... Um, you know, a little bit of a bummer, but you can see that it wasn't all bad. The Jazz did some really good things. It was just that the defensive end, and particularly Damian Lillard, just became a real, real problem. And once he get, once he's out of the box, man, and you got all those other guys that are just going to score off all the other, all the all of your anticipation of what Lillard's going to do next. Well, it's pretty crazy with that. Even the double teams aren't working at all. I mean, twenty in a row. You got to run the whole team at him, like Will Hardy joked, and that probably wouldn't have worked. You give up a dunk, you know, but he wouldn't score, <laughs> right? So what do you do? Exactly. No, that's that's got to be difficult when a player's got it going like that, and you just don't have. I mean, maybe that's why, you know, guys like the um, you know the Kawhi Leonard's of the world that are capable of playing anybody in the league one on one are so valuable. You know, LeBron playing defense in his prime and that sort of thing because. What are you going to do? I, I honestly don't know if the Jazz could have done anything really to change what what Lillard was doing. I mean, they had Vanderbilt guarding him in the fourth quarter at times. You know, put somebody bigger and longer on there didn't seem to matter. And it really tonight should be a if you look back over the last couple of years, and there were a lot of frustrating things. But like Gobert was so good in those games because all really all he had to do was be at the point of the screen, and then he was so great at giving ground. You know, not giving up the lob, but. Uh, he had that down to an art form, and, and the Jazz is right now. Walker is going to go through some ups and downs. There's just no doubt about it. And ball screen coverage is complicated. It, it may seem really simple, but it's complicated. And angles are important. And you get in the heat of the game, and you forget your angles, and um, and that's really what happened tonight. If you watch the number of times they did go through a double team and try to get you know Dame corralled, he just beat it. And you beat it. Everybody else is positioned to make sure you double and you're going to react. But if you beat it, you know, that's why he's able to get the rim and there are so many dunks. All right, Coach Lacombe, let's get some final thoughts from you on this one before we turn the page. Well, historic night. Uh, I'll always remember it. You, know, you don't see 60 a whole lot. Uh, a really quiet and efficient one. And I'm just glad if somebody's going to do it, it's Dame and a, a Weber State alum. I have so much love for that those guys up there, particularly the staff that recruited him. So good things there. Um the Jazz need to, you know, just retool. I think, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of film in the ball screen, and ball screen's preeminent. It's what everybody does on the offensive side. So clean that up. Uh, Five-game homestand, you said. So get home. And I know the guys have played well at home. Just get on a roll. Get all that rest. A couple of nights off now. You're spending all that time at home. I think we've got a, what, a, a two-game week coming up. So I had to check my eyesight because I thought for sure – my wife and I just didn't write one on the calendar, but sure enough, a two-game week. Seems odd. Well, I mean, the Jazz have just played so many games, and uh, the beginning of the year was just so compact. It was due to catch up at some point. And the, you know what? The team probably isn't complaining about it, I would guess. We want to say a big thanks to everybody who helped out with the broadcast uh, tonight. 
Uh, well, first of all, we want to thank uh, uh, Instructure and the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators Program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas. Throughout the season, the Jazz and Instructure will recognize 14 MVEs. Each will receive visit from Jazz Bear, $1,000 grant, a personalized jersey. And- a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.